want to get this fresh in your minds here, Psalm 35, verse 19. This is what it says. Do not let those gloat over me who are my enemies without cause. Do not let those who hate me without reason maliciously wink the eye. The word of the Lord. I want to enter into this tonight delicately. I think it's the only responsible thing to do. And I want to do that tonight by simply pointing out to you what is obvious about this prayer. Well, it's that. It's a prayer. It is, it's, it's a talking to God. At that, I want to point out it's a rather profound one comes from the depths of his heart. You can, you can tell this. The Hebrew mind, when it wants to express the deepest emotions, often what it does is it's going to double things. Everything here is double. There are two do-nots. Oh God, do not. There are two different descriptions of the same enemy, there are those who gloat over David who writes this psalm. There are those who maliciously wink the eye. I like that translation. It helps you understand what is actually going on, that there's some kind of sick enjoyment of somebody else's trouble. And then there are two namings of what is particularly painful about this, about this situation. It's that David suffered this Without reason, he says. It's one thing when you kind of had it coming to you. It's another. When it's without reason. When you are innocent. And so here, what's obvious about this prayer is that David is leading us to pray from the bottom of our hearts, those things to God that others have done wrong against us. That is awkward for me. It's awkward for you too. Especially during Lent. Because here we are in Lent, and in Lent what we do is is we turn to God for the things that we have done wrong and we receive grace and the forgiveness of sins for that. And here we basically do the opposite. Here we are not praying to God those things that we have done wrong. Here we are holding up to God the things that others have done wrong against us, which is basically the opposite. That's awkward. It's awkward. For our purposes tonight, it's awkward. But, also, it's honest. Life is not so simple as to say that all we are is a whole bunch of sinners. We are also the sinned against. And so sometimes what happens is you pray Psalm 51 with David, and with David you say, Oh God, 
Would you have mercy on my soul for the things we have done wrong? And then sometimes you pray with David Psalm 35, when a time in your life when Saul chucks a spear at you, tries to spin you to the wall, and for what? Because you played the harp beautifully? And what David shows us here is that when someone wrongs us, that we can pray that to God and we can entrust it to him and that may be awkward for our purposes tonight. But also it's honest and it's comforting. Isn't it comforting? That you can trust God for something more than your justification. You can trust Him for that. We know that. You can trust Him for your justification. You can trust Him when you go to God and you say to God, God, this is what I've done wrong. You can trust Him also. You can trust Him when you go to Him and you say, this is what somebody did to me, God. Will you make this right? If I could put it another way, we can trust God not just for our justification. David shows us that we can trust him also for our vindication. And again, that may be awkward for our purposes tonight, but it sure is obvious. And it sure is comforting. What may not be yet is that you do have other options other than praying that to God. David prays it to God, but you got other options. Oh, but maybe you knew that. I told you I, told you I wanted to be delicate. I do want to be delicate with this. I'm going to be more evocative than I am direct for that purpose. There's a painting I saw by Picasso that had me by the heart. It's called The the Weeping Woman. I think he painted it somewhere back in 1937 or something like that. And it's got this, this image that got a hold of me. This woman, there's all kinds of jagged edges in her faces. And it looks to me like she is taking her face and she is ripping it apart. And Picasso paints this in response to the Spanish Civil War. And he attaches to it a prose poem. Part of it goes like this. The cries of children, the cries of women, the cries of birds, the cries of timber, the cries of stones, and on it goes like this. I've been in Minnesota just short of a year now, and this is what I've learned just under the surface of life here there is incredible pain and there are incredible wounds and you have options like instead of praying that to God and leaving it to him you can believe the lie I see that. 
somebody treated you like that when you were a kid and you believe it. And they treated you like, they, like you were no, less than nothing. And so that's exactly what you do in your life now. You treat yourself like you're less than nothing and you believe the lie. Like that's an option. Or here's another option. You, you can numb it. You can numb it. That you, maybe you don't even realize you're doing that. You get out your phone at night and you don't want to think. You don't want, you're numb to your own life. You just scroll. You scroll or you just binge watch stuff. And you numb it. That's an option. Try not to deal with it. There's other options. Like another option would be that you give it back. You 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 took spiritual pain and you just continue the cycle of spiritual abuse, maybe just in another way. You you took it, you give it back, you go from victim to perpetrator. You got options. Maybe it's not so awkward during Lent to talk about this after all. Turns out if you think about it that such is our condition, such is our condition. That even when we weren't the ones being bad, we still have a hard time being good. Did you know that Jesus quotes this prayer? He does. He picks it up in John. Jesus quotes this prayer. He's, as he's thinking about the way that his life is going to end, he, he quotes this prayer and he uses it to explain what's about to happen. And he says to his disciples this. He says, this is to fulfill what is written in their law. They hated me without reason. And Christ takes up this prayer. And as he takes up this prayer, he thinks about the way that sin always makes a victim of others. And he talks about the kind of victim that he is going to be. He says, I'm going to be a pure victim. See? They hated me without reason. They had absolutely no reason to do it. I'm going to be a different kind of victim. That's what he says. He's not, he's, not, he's not going to be a victim that believes the lie. He's not going to be a victim that numbs himself to it. He's not going to be, a vic, he's not going to be that way. He's not going to be a victim who to, ends up being the perpetrator in the end. I'm going to be a pure victim, he says. And then he was. He lays down his life. And he trusts his life in prayer to God. And God vindicates him. 
This is what the great New Testament hymn fragment says, that God vindicated him. The Spirit vindicated him. Literally raised him from the dead. Do you see what that means? Maybe I could put it like this. Jesus Christ is our total salvation. He is, he is the answer to your prayer when you pray Psalm 51. He is also the answer to your prayer when you pray Psalm 35. See, he's, he's what you need. He is what you need when you have been wrong. He is also what you need when you've been wronged. See, he's both. I'm going to put it like this. He, he, is, he is the rescue from, from, from what you need when you've done something bad. He is also the redemption that you have when somebody's done that to you. He's both. He's the blood that covers, and he's the glory that lifts. He is the one who comes along and gets you out of holes that you have dug for yourself. He is also the one who comes along and gets you out when somebody threw you in there. He's both. He is both your justification and your vindication. He's everything. So it's Lent. And in Lent, what we do is we turn to God in repentance and faith, faith for the things that, that we have done wrong. And, and tonight, the call is this. To repent of the ways that you have been wrong when you have been wronged. He is the blood that covers you for that, and he is the glory that lifts you up out of all of it. He's both. Let me ask you this. What, what, what does it look like for you to do that tonight? I want to humbly and delicately suggest that it looks like this. That you pray. That you pray. That you don't believe the lie. That you don't numb yourself to it anymore. That you don't become the perpetrator, but that instead, you would lift it to God and you would leave it with Him. Christ proves that you can. Amen.